right. We are recording. Um, okay. Welcome to episode 43 of Podcast X. We're back again. Um, <laughs> we, we've been busy with Halloween stuff and, you know, like job things. And I was on a trip and Kofi's on vacation at one point. And uh, Rob's just been working away, though. Rob hasn't had a break since it's in a bit. But we're back again because we had to reunite again to talk about <laughs> the surprise report today that came out regarding Marvel in crisis, the MCU in crisis, and all of the weird stuff that's been happening lately there. So I'm going to introduce my co-host, Mr. Rob Keyes. Hey, I'm back. We're back to our, what, our regular schedule of once every five weeks. I don't even know. I think we recorded one a month ago, I think, for the okay. Ahsoka finale or whatever. We're good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're gonna, we'll try and be a little bit more consistent, but we can't. We can never make promises. We're busy guys, but... Um, and special guest Kofi Outlaws here. To be podcasting in wartime. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we assemble when it's when it's warranted. And there's a lot of things in the industry to do not, that do, does not warrant our opinion on it. But uh, this one today, oof, yeah. I'm ready to cook. Yeah, let, let's look. <laughs> let's, there's so much to cook here. Like, yeah. This, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Chris Agar, former Screen Rant writer, messaged me today and was like, if you were sitting in the post credit scene of Endgame and then someone gave you this report from the future, like how shocked would you be? And I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good way of thinking about it for sure. Um, Because, yeah, uh, I don't know. This came as a quite quite a big surprise. I feel like you guys are better equipped to go through the, the major sort of revelations here. So. Um, do you guys want to tag team it or Rob or Kofi? Who do you want to take it? Let me just – I mean I, I'm sure Kofi's probably covered this on, on today's uh, work and stuff like that. But I want to say this <laughs> to, to that point you just made. Um, I'm glad I went to the Avengers Endgame premiere because, man, it has been <laughs> downhill since then. <laughs> Not to mention the COVID and the strikes of it all, but just, you know. Um, but, yeah, Kofi, did you want to – did you do a show on this today? Uh, I'm not allowed to do a show on this stuff. Uh, for, uh, right, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Branding reasons for branding reasons, I am not allowed to do uh, entire focus shows on uh, Marvel related stuff. But there was one <laughs> done about it. Um, so yeah, let, let's get into all this because there's been. I need an outlet to talk more Marvel stuff. I, I obviously don't, as I've just alluded to, and if you know, you know. Like I, I don't get to do that in my normal everyday life. So I come down to this dirty underground place to uh, do it here. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, first of all, like you can't see this, but we don't do video, but I'm giving a hard salute. Shout out to all the Marvel pundits right now. Like I I salute you guys. Like everybody who like makes their career right now about digging into Marvel MCU stuff, like, God damn, you guys are the real heroes. Like, because (laughs) 
I don't know how long I could dig in shallow ground and, and pretend that I'm still looking for a well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys do a good job because there's been nothing to this franchise for a hot minute. Like, everything is dumber than we than we imagine it's going to be. Like, none of it connects. Like, the entertainment value of the whole thing has kind of dropped significantly. Like, and and just the branding kind of status of it has dropped significantly. And now we're being told today that, no, we're, we're, we're not being, we're not crazy. The people who are still doing, you know, 30 minute videos and Easter eggs everywhere, every week. I mean, salute to you guys. Like you guys, I mean, you know, we did this before, so I know how rough this can get like good for you for, for seeing an ink blob on a paper and being like, oh my God, we might have Mephisto. Like, you know, it's getting rough out there. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out to everybody writing the books. Like, it's hilarious. Stuff that we used to just sit around and report on in the 2010s is now like bookworthy. We really missed the boat on that, I guess. We should have just taken like snippets of our old reports and put them together in a book. I mean, add it yeah. to the list. Yeah. What's that? Add it to the list of things we missed. Yeah. 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 Apparently, <laughs> like old, old blog reports that you could Google are like entire book topics for, for everything now. Like it's crazy. Like, but you know, shout out for collecting that all. Like everybody who did the homework and collected it all and got quotes on it 10 years later. Like, man, you know, shout out to you guys. But um, yeah, there's nothing really to this anymore. And I think there's a lot that hinges on this Loki episode, which is why I'm kind of interested to see to record this now. And I think we're trying to do another one real soon after this. But um, yeah, today we learned we're not the crazy ones. The people acting like everything's all good or pretending like there's still a plan here and that this is still a cohesive franchise are the crazy ones. Like according to this report, because behind the scenes, you know, shit's been going bananas and off the rails. Like there's some <laughs> pretty wild stuff up and down this shit. Like it's crazy. And the biggest idea they may have is going back to the original, like the original Avengers. And um, yeah. it's ironic. And I just want to make sure we not do not lose the theme of this episode, which is just like the weird circularness of, of this whole experience. I can't wait to watch these new generation of kids go, go down this path like we did. Because uh, I've heard the phrase so many times today, dump truck full of money used in, in connection with this Avengers thing. And I did some research on that. Cause I was like, look, I guess sometimes these kids, like, you know, I've been gaslit so much that I don't, I don't know if I'm crazy or not. So I did look yeah. it up and the most compelling evidence I could find is a 2013 Ben Kendrick article about the situation with Christian Bale at when he was, if he would come back and be in the DCEU where Ben referenced the fact that we on Screen Rant Underground podcast had just done an episode where we were talking about this dump truck full of money. And that's like yep. one of the, <laughs> that's the earliest reference I can find to this, like, out there. Um, and, yeah, it's crazy to hear people say this all now. And we've come – and this was all about DC, right? And now we've yeah. taken yes. it full, there's like 180 around, and we're just now at Marvel having these conversations, right? So it, it's berserk, and it was the same thing. Bale had done his DC films. He was like, I'm done. But everybody's like, you get a dump truck full of money. Well, not everyone I said that. What am I saying? You get a dump yeah, truck you full of it. fucking money, and then like nothing's like, you know, nothing means anything. Yeah, nothing's off the table, yeah. 
yeah, nothing's off the table. Like, yeah. So, yeah, fucking I created that phrase. Ben Kendrick and Screen Ran and everybody, we we spread it around and made it a thing. That's another one. You all fucking owe us, you bastard <laughs> children. You owe us that. Like, oh, my God. A lot of times I've just had to hold my tongue and hear people use this phrase over and over again in my presence. And I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, hell of my I literally am living in a hell of my own making. But um, yeah, man. Now that I've gotten the grievances off, that's been that, and I've actually gotten feedback on this podcast from like real dedicated fans that listen to everything we do and have been riding with us since the originals, since the original uh, Screen Rant Underground podcast. And I've heard that unanimously, it's been said, it's not a large pool group, but it has been said unanimously that uh, us framing things that have happened in the industry and like for the from then till now, they like the yellow jackets moments of it all, you know. Where it's us back mm-hmm. in the woods eating people. <laughs> and they're talking about it as adults now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I mean, let's get into the actual thing. So I think now, uh, before you move on, before you move on, I'll say, though, that like of all the things that we introduced to the industry, and some of them are good things and some of them are probably bad things that we wish we could oh, put yeah. back in the box, we don't dump truck full of money fucking stands the test of time though man that's still like a great like you were you were like when you said that the first time i think i laughed my ass off and i still like when someone says like oh they need that dump truck full of fucking money it's like i don't know it still it still tickles me it's a very uh it just came from a very organic honest place where i was just like everything in this green ran underground podcast where we just got so furious with each other we just started exploding and saying things and yelling at each other (laughs) which was just like it's always sunny in philadelphia that was like our biggest criticism of the podcast was how much we would just yell over each other constantly (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man but uh, okay, so yeah, the actual the actual reveals here, um, or the blade. I behind. wrote up an article on the blade stuff. That was wild. Like the blade thing is so wild. But I will say before we tear into it, I think the end <laughs> of it is that Kevin Feige has the right idea. Um, yeah, I want to just remind everybody that the original Blade movie only cost forty five million dollars to make. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, 45 mil. It was a 40, it was one of the, what people now just pray they can make, which is like one of those 40 to $60 million films that makes like, you know, over a hundred million. It's basically Jason Bloom's home life, right? Yeah. This is what he now does with horror. Um, So yeah, the Blade report was that it's been through like, they can't get this right. It's been through like five or six iterations. One of them was a female-led film where Blade was the fourth lead in the movie, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Just hearing that well. sentence makes me just want to pack it up. Uh, all of this was apparently getting to Mahersha Ali, who is a multi-Oscar winner, was probably like, you know, on his Danny Glover, like, I'm too old for this shit, and too famous, yeah. and like, yeah. And then he was getting ready to walk. And it sounds like Kevin Feige, just like with Daredevil, is just like, you know what, guys? Like, man, I tried to delegate some of this shit, but fuck this. Like, we're pulling a plug and we're doing this right. And, like, now they're going back and they want to do it for less than $100 million. They got the guy who wrote Yotla, Logan, and they're coming back. Yeah. And I think that's the move. Like, that's the move to do. And it's shocking to me that they're having this much trouble with Blade because, like, Marvel Comics has finally found some interesting things to do with Blade. 
uh, both as a solo character and as a character woven into the larger kind of Marvel universe of it all. So it's baffling to me that they, they can't get this one right. Like, I, I mean, just making Blade in the, one of the new comics like Sheriff of Vampire Town is, is fucking interesting right there. Like, there's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Like, in, like, we're still building out the monster. I really wish Marvel could just get their heads around treating each side of their universe like we don't have to be mass interconnected all the time. Like, treat the cosmic side like its own chapter of the story. Treat the supernatural side like Werewolf by Night did so wonderfully. And if you haven't watched that in color, do that. That was pretty good. Um, like its own corner with its own history and even saying at one point, like in the very, from the very beginning, oh, this is a secret part of the world that pe- most people don't know about. Like, and then just go yeah. from there. Like it doesn't, and treat it like phase one, just kind of build out and take us through this world and for each character's side and then put them all together in a Midnight Suns and fucking get that money. Like just, uh, I don't know. It does seem like they've kind of like character. over... Yeah, I mean, it seems like no, they no. have kind of overcomplicated all this shit. Like when you read the report and it's like, and maybe the multiverse thing was was kind of the problem, but even just like Blade has always been a relatively like straightforward, like who doesn't want to just watch a dude like kill vampires with a sword and shit? Like, it, I mean, that was such a successful franchise for a reason. It, you know, like Snipes was great in it and everything, but even second, third movie, I mean, especially the third one wasn't even that great. I mean, I had kind of Ryan Reynolds debuting as an action star finally, which, I mean, that's still one of the best parts of that movie. But, like, I mean, those movies were just printing money because people just wanted to watch some dude swing around and, like, kill vampires with a sword. Dude, make yeah. the Batman with less budget and craziness, with but just, like, yeah. hard-boiled crime story or noir tinge thing about a guy it's looking, because Blade's an investigator, too, like, looking for fucking... Yeah vampires like you just it's it's not crazy like we and it's horror and this is the thing that kills me horror and superheroes are the two remaining box office like guarantors like that you can even put in not so much money and still make a lot of money so you can't do something with some of the one character that not only combines both of those genres but has a already kind of long-standing proud legacy for movies like it's for its movie adaptation like he's not a new character we've never seen on screen before like yeah this is nuts yeah that's pretty wild <clears throat> i'm still very concerned about this one um it is very strange to me and we're going to talk about this with the other parts of the marvel story about how like the disney of it all when it comes to disney plus kind of set up much of the recent failures when they kind of were forced, where Marvel Studios was forced to announce an overbearing slate of projects for Disney Plus to, to yeah. get those Disney shareholders happy, right? Uh, when it was sort of unrealistic. This is like the, the Iger to Chapek handoff sort of era. Um, but this thing, Blade, was not part of that. Blade was Kevin Feige blowing his horn on stage at Comic-Con for a movie announcement. And to me going through six different writers with extremely different takes. If you've been following the reports all along, there's ones that are a combination of period piece and modern day stuff that's divided into three chapters. There's stuff where it's, it's focusing on Blade's daughter becoming Blade, all these different things. It, it, that means to me that Feige went up on stage and announced this without needing to, but without having a plan. 
Yeah. Did, what, so what the hell did he pitch Mahershala on in the first place? Because like obviously it wasn't a story if they're just like throwing through these different directors and and and, and writers. But I do know you know everyone knows Feige is the 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 talent person. He's got I you think know. If I, I, just to say, uh, just to clarify your thing, I think if I remember correctly, Mahershala kind of floated that he wanted to do it, and then they heard it, and I think they were I see grabbed him. Yeah. Uh, that's, I love that. And that's probably why he's sticking around through all of this, even though it's been four years since he was on stage, it's literally more than four years now, which is wild to say that was 2019. He was on stage, I believe. So, um, that's insane. But the point remains, uh, that they still don't have a story plan and they're throwing him in the Eternals, which is a movie that debuted when it wasn't even supposed to in the timeline due to Disney firing James Gunn before bringing him back and handing him off to DC. What a fucking mess. Um, like, they still don't have a plan. So why do they even throw him in that Eternals thing in the first place? It's it's so strange to me. But to the point Kofi brought up at the beginning, like it's it's, I'm feeling like I'm hitting my head and we're living in these cycles of stupidity. It's so fucking obvious you do this at a lower budget. Every Marvel movie is over budgeted. We talk about the same story with Thor and Ant Man, and now the Marvels, which somehow has a has two almost a quarter billion dollar budget, is insane. We said this back with every DC spinoff. Especially Deathstroke, where we're saying just give him sixty million, give him a hundred million, make it rated R. Let yeah. give the filmmaker let, let them do something raw. Forget the VFX houses, of course you need that, but like let them just do something crazy and raw. And, and I don't understand. What I'm hoping now is if they're doing it for lower budget, and I don't know if that's going to be true in a year from now, but it means to me they are going to do it rated R. And I think if they're not going to do it that way, they should just cancel it. There's no way you bring in the writer of Logan rated R success. Uh, for the movie that was whose spot was taken by the R-rated Deadpool three, another mega success story at the box office, and you're not going to do Blade rated R when the original Blade was is so beloved and rated R. There's no yeah. way you cannot make a better Blade movie and not have it rated R. It has to be, and I said this on Twitter multiple times over the years, but today as well, Blade needs to be the best action movie Marvel Studios has produced. They are not the best at hand to hand action. They rely way too much on CG, and they've they, they they have this whole strategy. Kevin's whole strategy is I'll fix it in post myself with the editors and stuff. And it's like, you can't do that. You have to pre-plan this. And when you have a movie that's going to be so hardcore and should be on the ground with real choreo, it has to be better than the best scenes of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which to me is still the best action movie Marvel has done. Um, oh, hands down. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it has to be better than that. This entire movie is that with swords and handheld melee weapons and blood, blood everywhere, blood rave. How are they going to top that intro sequence of the first Blade movie if it's not rated R? Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's so weird to me that that this is such a mess. This should not have been a mess because with the three of us in five minutes could say yes, no, yes, hundred million in five minutes four years ago and avoid all of this fucking mess. I just don't understand yeah. it. So that's why I'm still concerned. Although I am hopeful they are sticking to it. If this budget thing is true, I'm hopeful that they've learning. They're going to slow it down and do it R-rated. That's my biggest hope. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it seems like just the given one to get the, in the can, like yeah, to your point. Like this should have been the bet for like, oh fuck, no matter come hell or high water, this is the one we're going to be able to get in the can. It's the low budget, we can get it done, and we should have had this content like ready to go. Yeah, it's just like, it's very strange because, and I mean, to your point, and we, this is something we've been saying a lot, but it, you look at all of these movies now. I mean, 
you've said it a million times, Kofi, like COVID changed the way people go see movies. Like people don't just show up every weekend to go see a movie anymore. And the fact that like there's a restriction kind of from like an audience perspective in terms of what movies they're going to go see. I, I just don't understand how studios think that they can even afford to make movies that are like $200 million when they could easily just do like a John Wick. I mean, what if like this movie was just John Wick with vampires and like swords and stuff like that would be an awesome movie. And Marsal Ali would be like great at that. But instead it's going to be something just like it's sounding like the amount of money they want to spend on it. It's like just this big overcomplicated thing. I, I, I don't understand the business. Like it's like, they're not in the reality that we live in right now. Like they're watching. I mean, at this point, the Marvels is like supposed to debut to like 45 million opening weekend. Oh and then you're going to go spend $250 million on a blade movie. Like I don't like, I just don't under, <laughs> I sound perplexed, but it, I'm, I'm genuinely like kind of dumbstruck at how they have not, the studios have not been able to like adjust to the new reality they exist in. This is uh, what you said there. I was thinking the same thing. This is like what I said about Gambit before David Leach became a big name right, on his own. Yeah. Um, but literally you bring in 87 North or the 80, the other 87 studio under Chad who does the John Wick films. Um, yeah. Or you bring in a Zack Snyder type to adapt someone else's material, right? Yeah. If you have this writer, is it Waldron? Who's writing this thing? Michael Waldron? Am I remembering yeah, that correctly? I think correctly? it's Michael. I think so. Whoever, the Logan writer. You, ha- you have this like top tier script, hopefully, uh, with no other cooks and not endless revisions from other outside script doctors then bring in a director who just does the visuals and action who can handle that um like a second unit crew and then just just keep it simple this is a blade movie not like this weird complicated lore thing introduce all that shit later like john wick didn't dive into lore until later on it it was all hinted at right yeah um that movie starts michael green michael green was the guy of course i'm getting mixed up yeah yeah yeah. um yeah thank you yes uh but yeah I, i do think this is like on paper, like such a home run formula. They just do the simple things and keep it simple. But um, Michael yeah. Green, screen, uh, screen story writer of the 2011 Green Lantern movie. <laughs> big, well, big, big pile of shit. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of names got burned by some people at that on that project. Yeah. <laughs> and that was early in his career, right? Like he was just taking whatever work he could get yeah. at that point. Just, well, there's some comic creators that got involved with that too. <laughs> yeah. Messed that up, but yeah, yeah. Um, he's got Bioshock too. Um, that's one of that's one of his other projects. That Jungle Cruise, got, Death of the Nile, American Gods. Yeah, yeah he. Yeah, Blade yeah, Runner twenty forty nine. He's done a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Hercule Poirot. That's not a bad resume. Yeah. The okay. What other parts of this report do we? We started with Blade, which is kind of just the most like dumbfounding thing in here. Well, but there's also a lot of other crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, the big thing is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where we start. There's a combination of things. There's the. The desperation play, Kofi's alluded to it twice, which you might as well talk about that is. Well, let's back it up here. So Secret Wars is the sixth Avengers movie that's on the way. And like all the title speaks for itself. It is, of course, going to be an assembly of every old and new character they can get. It is the send off, of course. And some of it's already been reported by trades, like Electra's coming back. It's Jennifer Garner. How ridiculous is that? But they're doing it. And of course, Jackman's already back. So the X-Men are going to be there. And you're going to see versions of the old Fantastic Four. Maybe you see Wesley Snipes' Blade. Who knows? But everybody you've seen from all those old movies, and keep in mind, and we know this, but we'll say it, Kevin Feige started 
as a, like a like a, almost an assistant, then a junior exec under under Lauren Schuler Donner and Richard Donner. He worked on the first X Men movies. He helped Hugh get cast. He made those. He gave Hugh Jackman the Wolverine hair or some version of it because he was the comic fan in the room. Um, and now he gets to kind of like do what he always wanted to do back then under his own company now. And he also tried to make Fantastic Four many years ago with his buddy Peyton Reed, who he brought in for the Ant-Man films. So all those things are going to happen. And it's infuriating to see all these like Twitter accounts constantly and these quote-unquote YouTubers and scoopers who are just s- pretending these most obvious speculation we've known for years is like a new scoop, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is going to be in Secret Wars. Well, no shit. They brought him back yeah, he was from already the, in the other one. Yeah, like, exactly. come on. So it's going to yeah. be all that, and it's going to be their version of like what the Flash was supposed to be—sort of a reset of the franchise—and they can cast it all. But, but yeah, as part of that, as sort of like a Plan C battle stations red alert button they hit, there was a pitch, I guess, to bring back the original six Avengers for another—I don't know—their own Avengers film, I guess, try to relive the 2012 magic, which is, I thought, I mean, that's. Those characters are all going to be back anyways in Secret Wars in, in some version. But as leads would be interesting. I, I In my mind, that means they're going <laughs> to retell the Avengers story in like another universe or something and change that whole course <laughs> of history or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's kind of a wild one. I don't know what you guys think about that or what story they'd even tell in that scenario. Yeah. It's like how do you walk back some of the deaths and stuff too? I mean, yes, you can bring them back for like Secret Wars and stuff. But if you're actually going to like – tell a centric story that involves like Tony Stark and like black widow and stuff. It just does seem kind of like, I mean, what is the point of any of these? I mean, it, the only way to look at it is like exactly what you said, which is like a desperation play of saying, look, this multiverse saga and trying to move away from the original Avenger- Avengers was just a bad idea. So let's just bring these characters are not as interesting as the ones we introduced everyone to originally. So forget it. And it yeah. doesn't matter that it's like going to undermine, you know, sacrifices it's, these characters made or these big moments in the. Con- I mean, like I, yeah, I don't know where it fits because I thought the plan in my head, Secret Wars ends with like, all right, Fantastic Four are here. We're re- it's back to one world. We're going to rebuild the multiverse, like just like the modern Secret Wars kind of ended with the, you know, the, yeah. the the Reed family essentially, Richard's family, like reseeding the universe for all these different, you know, whatever. But the main universe, you could have a new properly recast you know steve rogers and tony stark and natasha like yeah. restart and everybody's young actors again now you can build the the main quote unquote like your main headliner avengers alongside the new x-men and the new fantastic four and you're all you're not having to deal with like 60 year old actors and 20 year old actors you, 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 to tell the greatest comic storylines you have everyone sort of yeah. young again but you can cherry pick your favorites you can still have hugh jackman as old man logan alongside the new wolverine you know what i mean so yeah um that's where i thought that went I don't know how, what the purpose of a bring back the original six nostalgia play serves other than maybe they retell the story and they, they do the other version of the Avengers movie where it was supposed to be Red Skull and oh, oh wait, now the Baxter building was there too and Reed Richards was there and yeah. you know what I mean? And But but what's the point? Because those actors are all being replaced anyways. So um, that's kind of the weird part as much as <laughs> I do want to see or it's Century and they're retconning the entire phase one of the universe or something you know what i mean like that would be hilarious if they did the like star wars episode seven thing of just sort of remaking the same movie again but doing it so like we see them you know like battling in new york and stuff like that but it's like the baxter building is there and it's different people cast and it's red skull so it's like these tiny little differences but hulk is still but he's bigger (laughs) 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, Hulk is still like picking somebody up, you know, picking Red Skull up at the end and like smashing him back and forth. And like, that would be actually, I don't know. I mean, I would go watch that. Well, it would be a, the yeah. world's biggest cash grab, but sure. Why not? Um, I don't know. Can you recast these guys though at this point? I mean, yes. are people ready to accept, like, are you ready to accept a new Hawkeye? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like a new Clint Barton specifically. Um, I think Hawkeye sticks around because Old Man Hawkeye's legit character uh, has a story, um, just like Old Man Logan. I think you keep Hugh around as well, um, yeah. but I do think you could have um, the younger Tony Stark in there. And it, Interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't think your 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 biggest crossover event of history. Like let's say we're going to phase after this. I don't know what number we're at, phase seven or eight. Whatever Avengers 7 is, I don't think you have like the fourth tier of Avengers alongside your headliner X-Men. I, I think at some point, I if you're going to you do mean. your Civil War 3 or your AVX, you have to have – you need Steve Rogers and you yeah. need Logan. You can't have – it's not going to be – you know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the comparison is, but it's like, yeah, I do think it's – these new characters don't sell, right? Yeah. And it's, a lot of it has to do just with the quality and overstuffing of, of the projects we're getting. Like, it, it's so weird to me. They introduced Kate Bishop, and you're like, wait, where'd she go? Is she still in the yeah. MCU? Like, or here's, here's Moon Knight. You're never going to see him again. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Black Knight's going to be teased, but you'll never see him again. It's like, why are we doing that? That's not good storytelling because it's like yeah. on their own, their debuts were not strong enough to be meaningful. So why are you wasting those opportunities and not following up quick enough? The the pacing doesn't, doesn't fit the story, which can't meet the production needs therefore everything's being hurt it's just this well, yeah, cycle and, eating itself and like the official like mcu timeline now like says that wanda died at the end of the multiverse of madness right like i mean it's things like that where it's like so you built up wanda vision and then you you know unleashed her you kind of like retconned her for this one-off movie that didn't even do all that well and like you just like killed that character off which was like a character that a a lot of people were starting to like really get invested in and that's again, I mean, that's a character kind of from the original Avengers that kind of could have been a bridge. And it's just like, it's just a dead end. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I, I honestly, the, the, my biggest issue is like all of it's so meaningless potentially. Cause like, yeah. what's going to happen is you could just, you could still do your, <clears throat> your House of M and the Messiah complex in another yeah, universe, sure. but it all comes yeah. together in Secret Wars. And oh, guess what? Wanda is there. And in that universe, she happens to be the daughter of Michael Fassbender. And right. boom, yeah. she'd inversed. House of M to the X Men, and now they're in our universe or something. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah. It, the whole thing's absurd at this point, and, and and it's absurd because there's no plan that really makes sense right now. Yeah, like you can tell from all these random. I mean, they made a, I mean, one of the stories there, She Hulk, twenty five million dollar episodes, leading to yeah. what four CG Hulks at the end of that series? That what are they doing? Like I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand. Twenty five million per yeah. ep. Yeah, Isn't and that yet. Crazy? the CG still sucked in all the green screen <laughs> office sequences. So yeah, weird. Um, it not, it wasn't really hit upon too hard in this report. Uh, it was variety. I think reported all this, right. Um, they, uh, obviously in recent months, the big news is that the VFX unions, the, they're, they're starting a union because of Marvel studios. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. that's that part of it all. It's not going to help their cost structure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the the Marvels? That's kind of yeah. Know. Let's talk about the Marvels, and then we can we can end right, maybe with the Jonathan Majors stuff. Oh, uh, so 
I guess Anita Costa, who did, um, she did a uh, Candyman, right? That was kind of the big recent yeah. hit. And then, you know, a t- takeover for the, the pair of directors who I don't even remember their names, who t- <laughs> seem to be doing nothing for Marvel. The way Marvel operates, it feels like they were just on set for a couple of days and then and they're kind of just thrown away. Um, yeah. And, and, the Costa here just like pieced out during post-production to work on <laughs> their next film. So, you know, that is, that's, that's typical, like Feige and Marvel Studios fixing yep. it in post and just four weeks of reshoots. And it's some really like inventive director to like take on, you know, a project that you want and then just basically like making their life. Yeah. And, this is, and just like abandoning them at the last bit. Yeah. This is uh reportedly, I mean, we know it is, it's the shortest Marvel Studios production to date yet. It costs 225 or maybe two quarter billion, I think actually is the quote it costs yeah. a quarter billion dollars. And yeah, you can blame COVID all you want, but this is not an issue to other studios right now. Um, to this extent, um, well, Nina Costa yeah. already said everything she needs to say in an interview. That was pretty, I mean, she kept it diplomatic, but every between the lines, it was pretty scathing. It was just oh, like, boy. what are you looking forward to working on my own shit? And like basically doing nothing like this. <laughs> That how is much, like anxiety she had on set, like making this film every day, and like how frustrating it was trying to shoot it and get like a story that made sense and came together, and having to like yeah do all that and kind of get the notes and figure out a puzzle of like what is going to fit together in a meaningful way. It's just like i don't blame him i mean i don't blame her though like this movie looks ridiculous i mean like i'm i guess we're probably all seeing it next week um i think that's on screen but like i mean and i i don't know anybody that's seen it yet but i mean just the concept of them switching powers like every time they use their powers just had to have been like this is what i don't understand like i don't understand I mean, it's another example of kind of the multiverse of madness stuff and the blade stuff. It's like, there's just like so much more overcomplicated. Like, why wouldn't you just have, and you know, we haven't seen the movie, so maybe it makes sense or it's cool in the movie, but it's like, that just seems like a overcomplicated thing to do with these characters when most people like these characters. I mean, I know people like are mixed on Brie Larson and stuff, but like, I think for the most part, we like Miss Marvel and stuff like that. Like I, like I don't understand why you wouldn't just put them in a good movie together. Like, like, like I can see yeah. why she'd be frustrated because it's a ridiculous premise for these characters in the first place. It seems like there are a lot of things working against this. It's it's the one being yeah the power switching for sure, but also the that all hinges upon this weird like MacGuffin artifact that was kind of loosely introduced in Miss Marvel, and no one gives a shit about more of these artifacts. I think that was the weak part, weak spot of. Shang Chi for me as well is the yeah. Ten Rings yeah. having this signal to outer space. And it's like, guys, it's been 15 years now and you haven't done shit with the cosmic universe. And the one franchise that was set up there, Guardians, was so self-contained in that trilogy that it didn't expand <laughs> it at all. Then you just left yeah. it. So um yeah, and obviously this is sort of the through line here between Captain Marvel and Love Marvels was supposed to be Secret Invasion, and that completely failed the Captain Marvel character. Oh, it made her yeah, up yeah. to be like someone else just abandoned people, I guess. And yeah. then the, her weird kind of like a retroactive appearance in Avengers Endgame was not exactly the strongest storytelling either. So it is, she's in a bad spot coming into this and, and the marketing looks like dog shit. The hype, I mean, according to online interactions from, <laughs> from our reporting, it's like falling behind the, the Hunger Games prequel, which is blowing my mind. But yeah, um, yeah that's kind of weird, right? And then, uh, to your point with the screenings next week, there are not they are not screening this whole movie uh, before the junket. Um, so that's always a weird thing when it comes to Marvel. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah. Uh, I think the timing of this report does not do this any favors. Um, despite Loki being, super, in my opinion, strong, the strongest uh, Disney Plus Marvel show to date. But um, yeah. yeah, I think this one is going to be potentially a bomb, which timing couldn't be worse for them. Yeah, which is just like a bummer because like the Monica Rambeau character, like Carol Danvers, I mean, I, f- I feel like after Endgame, it's, you know, people were maybe more on board with like seeing more Carol Danvers and stuff like that. And Monica Rambeau was so great in, in WandaVision. And like I said, Miss Marvel was like such a, I think that was one of my favorite. That's one of the only Disney Plus series that I've gotten Ashley to actually like sit down and watch with me and she enjoyed it. You know, it's like, sure. that was the kind of movie that I felt like people could sit down and watch or not movie but tv show people could sit down with their kids or their families and sort of like enjoy that week to week whereas some of these other like disney plus shows have just been so up their own ass that it's like like i don't know like i really like these three characters and but i'm not that excited to see this thing now well i mean maybe you guys know more from following along but from the the trailers i've seen so far i don't really understand what this movie's about like i understand the gimmick of the power changing but yeah I Some don't know who the mad. villains are. It seems like random Cree characters I never heard of before. So, yeah. for what? Like, what, I don't guess, know what's happening. Here's what's going to happen: we're going to have quantum bands introduced that cause a quantum entanglement, and we're going to say the word "quantum" a lot, like a thousand times. Yeah. That's always a positive. Yeah, and I, that's yeah. Prediction. I have no knowledge. That's just what I predict is going to happen. I mean, it's Zawe, Zawe Ashton as this Kree character, like is the, I mean, that's the, that is the villain, right? Yeah. Who, who, the, hell, who the hell cares about that? Like, like, yeah. like Ronan the Accuser was like underserved and now we're getting like another version of an Accuser. Like who, who that's the most yeah. least interesting villain ever. Like what, what purpose does that serve? Like where have the Kree even been? Like, I don't, I don't, it's just such a weird, yeah. I don't know. Again, for a cosmic movie, it seems to be so earth set as well. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, and I mean I that's the that's the Miss Marvel of it all, right? It's like if they're yeah. switching all these powers, it's like they keep getting pulled back in the, you know, America and shit. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I this is like yeah, a we'll see. Bummer, but so yeah, so she pieced out on that and they fixed it in post, and then uh, I mean, there's a couple other things like they said that they rushed Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Um, that that kind of yep. like got, got pushed out sort of quick. There was a bunch of the VFX stuff. Um, and then, yeah, one of the other things that I know that like people were talking about or is like in there too is like the Shang-Chi and Eternal stuff, which is true because like, man, we have not seen fuck all of Shang-Chi after that movie. And that was actually like a successful movie and shit and a good movie. Yeah. I want to get into that. Like Marvel is really fucked and like people aren't really saying this. Like, not only had to have we not really developed a overarching storyline, but like none of these characters that we've met once are like really set to do shit before we're supposed to get together and care when they're fighting for all of reality. Like, and that's kind of fucked. Like, right now, if you stack the MCU post endgame Avengers 2.0 up against the Fox X Men universe and go, these two franchises have to, or like they've had an incursion, they got to fight to see who survives in the new Kang land or whatever the fuck. I'm rooting for Fox. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's yeah. well enough. Yeah. yeah. I've been through all kinds of shit with the Fox X Men. So, like, I'm rooting for them. And that's so fucked when you're trying to do this culminating event. Yeah. Like, if we like all the cameos and we go, fuck, because we haven't seen these other people, 
in like five or six years since one fucking solo film. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. There's no way to solve that. There's nothing in the pipeline that says these characters are getting any more focus. Yeah, which is so weird. I mean, the Eternals I get because like, I mean, that movie is a mess, but, and to, and I mean, they seem just, you know, we've always joked about the fucking right. giant celestial sticking but out again, of the planet, like, but like, yeah, but they're <laughs> also like, and I know what you're going to say, but they're like also people like you could spread around and put in a lot of places. Totally. Since, yeah. Like since Eternals, there's been like at least what two movies where we could have seen some Eternals pop up in some form or fashion. Like yeah. Thor and guardians, right? Yeah, and they were cool, right? Like, I mean, that like those characters, some of those characters, like you could have brought them back in something and re-energized people for that, even though the main movie was kind of a mess. Stuff yeah, the Moon Knight. There's there's something. There's you, there's all kinds of shit you could have done. Wait, Miss Marvel had a, literally had a flashback episode. Why didn't you have somebody oh, show yeah. up there? Like, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just, again, it speaks to lack of a plan. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, we know Eternals was super, super rushed super rushed. We did that set visit very last minute and every, I think I told you guys this on, on, on this podcast, but every single department head was saying, yeah, we only had two weeks to do this. And normally they have eight weeks or like normally we've made eight hero costumes per actor. We only had two. <laughs> you know what I mean? It always like craziness. Yeah. Uh, and then of course ended up getting a year delay anyways because of COVID, but it, it was pushed forward and fast tracked due to what happened in guardians three, which was supposed to come out whatever 2017 initially or whatever it was supposed to be. Um, to the James Gunn situation back then. But yeah, yeah but again, it speaks to a larger plan. Either way, the Eternals came out and they had no idea what to do those characters afterwards. They, hadn't, they had not planned for them to be involved in any other story beyond that, um, And which begs the question is why the hell did they end the film that way and like change the landscape of the planet only to like pretend it never happened? Like that's on Feige, you know, he made that happen. Yeah, he allowed that shit to happen for sure. At the very yeah. least, it's like they let a movie come out that – fundamentally has like the biggest like like just like i don't know what you call it like a red herring or something like that that there wasn't a plan because like no one has referenced this giant thing that would have i mean like i can suspend disbelief i am a doctor who fan i am you know but like the idea that this thing is just like sticking out of the planet and stuff and no one has ever referenced it again is a ridiculous thing to have happened in a like in a franchise that really tries to pride itself on like a shared continuity. Um, yes. like you can't even accept that thing as a main, like a MCU canon at this point. I, it, like, I don't even know how you could really, because almost everything else kind of fits together to some extent. That's like such an outlier, but I don't know. Um, okay. The, probably the last big thing is the, just, all the Kang, the Conqueror, Jonathan Majors, you know, like pivoting or attempts at pivoting and then not pivoting. And, um, yeah, just what they like, you know, we've talked about this previously, like we are not legal scholars, you know, we cannot speak to like what happened. We weren't in that car with him. We, you know, but there's been other allegations and stuff about Jonathan Majors sort of, you know, like intense situations that he's been in in the past and stuff too. So like, we can't say whether or not that's true. Obviously Marvel can't either because they've sort of stuck with this guy and they're sort of waiting to see what happens. I mean, I think if it was super definitive, they would have maybe had to make a move on that. So we're not weighing in on, you know, whether he's a good guy or not. They were dealt like a very, very difficult thing to try and pivot around. And it, it sounds like 
in spite of what we've been hearing kind of in the press from like Feige and sort of them being like, oh, it's a bit wait and see with us. And, you know, we're following the trial. It's like that's not what was happening behind the scenes. It doesn't sound like. No, and obviously and the only reason they couldn't do anything when every other company was was because the trial date hasn't come up yet. And yeah, yeah. the trial date the timing it lines up perfectly with like what they're doing in the last episodes of Loki. So they couldn't yeah. come out and remove the actor while promoting the show where he's sort of being <laughs> playing the character they're setting up or characters yeah. they're setting up. It's like the timing couldn't be worse, especially for like you know this, this actress was to play so many <laughs> like the most essential character for the next two or three years, right? Yeah, um, characters again, uh, plural, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we should recap like behind the scenes, they they thought about like uh, recasting regardless and, and keeping Kang just recasting, and that you know, would certainly cause some uh, challenges. People watching that weird sequence at the end of Ant Man, <laughs> uh, yeah. Quantumania, whatever, but uh. And but one other more radical idea that was pitched, and you know, I don't think it went far, is the idea of just quickly pivoting away from Kang and going straight up Doctor Doom, um, which to me would have been such a disaster for the future of the MCU if they fast tracked yeah. that. But well, it's like they're taking uh, one of the few characters that people are actually probably excited to see in the future at this point. That's kind of a commanding character that you could center something like Secret Wars around or whatever a bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's like not without developing like, them though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in yeah. this franchise, who the fuck knows? Yeah, but yeah, that's wild. I the recasting thing is interesting to me because it's just like, yeah, the end of you know the end of uh, you know Ant Man and stuff. Yeah, there's all these Kangs, but like we they've established very clearly in Loki that you know variants can be drastically different than they're not just like carbon copies of the person physically it's like you know there's a loki alligator for christ's sake right and there's yeah. a female loki it's like but I know there's, they showed exclusively jonathan majors <laughs> everywhere <laughs> yeah and all I mean, the statues are just his face and tva yeah. Yeah. no it's fair i mean it, it would be like you know a little bit ridiculous for sure but it's not unheard of either though right i mean like there have been other characters, including the Hulk, that were like recast within the MCU. I know. I think this is just the most it. extreme example of it because literally the character was like <laughs> an infinite amount of him. <laughs> it's just the same actor. Yeah, uh, for sure. Remember when they uh, thought that was a budget saving great idea? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. whoopsies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, a lot of people are speculating that Ravona and uh, and Loki could be a, actually a Kang variant, right? Like, I've heard true. that is a thing. So it's like, I mean, if she can be a Kang variant, then you know you can find another charismatic black actor to play Kang. I mean, which is a bummer though, because I mean, Major's performance in Ant Man was one of the only good things about that movie. So, I mean, I I would love to see him continue in this role if he is in fact innocent, you know, and stuff like that and is sort of like exonerated from all this. But, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's what we're that on. That's a tough with. PR campaign. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's another thing is how much does Disney Marvel want to deal with press for this guy for three years? So like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's tough. The, I mean, you, yeah, it's like, you wouldn't be able to even like, you know, imagine Josh Brolin not being able to like do press for Endgame or something like that. Right. It's like, I don't know. <clears throat> that's yeah. uh it's a tough tough position to be in but i am glad they didn't like if i had to vote i would vote recast him over like abandon kang as the character and do something like dr doom or even some other character that could be sort of a stand-in for kang like i'm much more in the recast what did you think of his like victor timey timely character like his performance as that version of the character 
annoying as shit mostly like, about him, but fine when it was mixed in and tempered by interacting with a larger number of other characters, like in episode four. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of how I felt too. I felt like it was weird. It was a weird choice, I thought. Like but I it was jarring at first, but because they kind of stuck with it and played and play like play, took it seriously and played it hard the whole episode and gave him a lot of dialogue and screen time, it just kind of yeah. I accepted it. And I kind of just it worked for really me. Really go with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, Oof. yeah, I, I, look, I, I'll say this: like I, I think Doom, Doctor Doom, is the most important character for the future of the MCU, and I think he's like a 15, 20 year character you build around. I I think they should develop him up from scratch with the fantastic four and see him grow into this major villain and see him like take a turn to become like, like one of my favorite comics is when he becomes Iron Man for that series. And it's like, see him Uh, kind of become, get his face healed and kind of become a hero for a little bit. And you know what I mean? But uh, it could become the big, central focus of secret wars too when we inevitably get there in phase nine or something so i I, the last thing i want to see is like them rushing into like fantastic four and and dr doom like you know like 30 years in on the comics when they're one movie in you know what i mean so yeah uh, i want them to take their time with these characters and the new x-men and whatever they end up doing with the avengers i this is rushing into events right off the bat is just not working at all for marvel right now so yeah do you guys want to say anything else in closing before we wrap um, this up? Yeah, one thing that still bothers me is the old X Men of it all. Um, you know, we know Deadpool three is coming. There's, you know, uh, how much you look into it. Uh, cameos coming soon, um, yeah. and you know, of course, we know who's going to appear, in, or we expect to appear in Secret Wars, and then they'll do their X Men reset. But it's weird to me that they are only talking to writers now, post WGA strike, taking pitches for the X Men film. Because they started this in 2019, which means like, why are we waiting four years to start taking like specific pitches on stories? Like, shouldn't <laughs> why were they taking pitches four four years ago? Did they not like was the plan to hold off the X Men and like make them not exist for six seven years? And it really doubles down on my point of like, I kind of wish Fox was left to do its own thing because we would have had three X Men films a year, continuing on the quality of Deadpool one and Logan and and you know that. Um. We could have had a gambit. We could have had a reset of the X Men there, and we would have, we would have, we, you know, we'd have X Men stories continuing. Um, which yeah, well, I mean, me, speaking on when yeah. you were we we're talking about things that we've been saying for a long time, like you, I think, were the first one to introduce that concept on this SRU, which was like cannibalization. Just buying everything up was not necessarily going to be good for people who were fans of these franchises, and I mean, it's kind of turning out to be that way. Because, yeah, because like, yeah. you get. It's the most extreme corporate end game has occurred. Uh, the only exception yeah. being Sony, which is half in, half out. But the idea is like if you have a focus studio just doing X Men three a year, two of those three are probably going to be worthwhile, right? Usually. Yeah. And the last one's got fucked because of the Brian Singer and the Disney acquisition on the Kinberg film, the Dark Phoenix remake, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, tr- trash. Um, but the other ones were great, like the Vaughn era stuff, the first class stuff, the Days of Future Past, Logan, yeah. Deadpool. Those are better than most Marvel movies these days, right? So yeah. um, that could have kept going. And if Sony was left to do its own thing, you know, I like the Venom movies. You know what I mean? I wish they had yeah. the ability to keep making Spider-Men films with with fucking any of them. Take your pick, Holland, Garfield, or Toby, or all of them. They could do one a year for each of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And keep going with it. And then, then Marvel can figure out their Avengers shit and be focused. But I mean, we would have had three 
movies a year times three studios, right? Uh, on yeah. way more focus per project, and you would have had a better overall result. And then you can you have you can build those together. You, then you can do your AVX crossover or your multiverse thing there. And it's just it. I only say that because we know how much of a mess it is right now, and that is unquestionably would have resulted in better products for consumers and, and more focus on characters and more time for characters. And then you don't get this shit where the X-Men disappear for seven years and no one knows where Spider-Man is right now. Um, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's the worst scenario for the outcome that we thought a lot of fans thought they wanted. And it's just right is it, now. Or is it's, it Jonathan Hickman's new ultimate universe? Find out. Yeah. yeah. I wish it was that good. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, it it does worry me that like they've acquired all these characters and they can't even do anything with some of the ones that they were so proud that they had reacquired. It's like, you know, okay, they have Daredevil, <clears throat> you know, they have Blade. These are characters that they didn't always, you know, have and like look what they've done with them now. Oh, Daredevil. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. It wasn't part of this report, but that's going through a whole fucking reset too. Yeah. After they started producing it. So yeah. And, and Echo is there's so much reported disruption when they were filming that, and it was supposed to get dumped right after Loki. And they said, "Nah, we'll save it for next year." But I mean, that according to the early reports during production, that that could be a big mess they dump as well. So like they are in a weird spot. Uh, and by the way, despite all this, weird to me that there was no like Marvel special this year for Halloween or the holiday season. Uh, they had to <laughs> reissue Werewolf by Night in color is the best they can do. Um, yeah, I do like it. By the way, that like Kofi recommended it. I agree. Um, but I'm surprised they didn't have something new. Um, ah, well, we get the Marvels. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how that goes next week. I'm sure we'll be back soon to give our review of the Marvels. But Loki, Loki's awesome, guys. We can't can't deny it. Loki is awesome. Loki is great. Everything about that show is great. Uh, I am. Loki's, Loki's good. It is good, <laughs> but it is good because of the actors who are essentially, and it is a bait and switch where they have condensed the kind of world hopping expansiveness of the first season into a workplace situation that's been ongoing for four episodes. Now, yeah, I think that this whole multiverse saga, I personally think rests on what happens in this next episode and, and the finale, but this next episode yes. is so pivotal for this entire multiverse saga thing. But you know what though? And I said this last time, or when we watched the first the screeners they gave to us were the first four episodes, which ended in this crazy way that now that everyone has seen. Um, but it's the first time where I'm kind of excited and don't know what's going to happen. That's the first time in years yeah. for Marvel. Like I literally do not know what's going to happen in episode five. And that's – I cannot think of another time I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, and that's kind of exciting. Trailer? Pardon me? Did you not see the mid-season trailer? Uh, I have. There's bits, there's bits of footage of being, people being pulled out. I saw someone on your team actually talking about it. Yeah, yeah, there's always somebody doing that. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I'm good at this, so I'm just going to pull it together. Like, next episode is going to be, like, everybody on their natural timeline or whatever the fuck, and then we're going to get a heist episode where it's just, like, the Rick and Morty made fun of thing where it's, like, you old so-and-so, we need you for a heist, but nobody can remember that they're supposed to be mm. on this because they're all living their normal lives. No, but how do you think it ends? Oh, that's a good question. I guess they got to get everybody. So I think they get everybody back to TVA, but I don't know like how they then have to get everybody's like memories up to speed and then get them back on task of like how to fix this. That I don't know. 
I'm yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, that part's – that's kind of cool. Like I really don't know. Like maybe it actually is kind of cool. Like um, I do love like, this, like the severance nature of it all where it is like a very workplace-focused thing. But when they do do something crazy, like they go to a period piece, like to go visit Victor Timely or like they're dealing with the loom, like the, the visual effects are super cool and well done. The production design is very strong. Like it feels like oh, yeah. this is like the first quality uh, – I use that word loosely. But like you know, it's, it's more of a prestige-style um, – project for marvel studios and disney plus which is given their track record uh means a lot to me because I, I really don't like the disney plus content generally so okay. this this one stands out yeah well we'll be excited to see i mean that's like literally airing tonight so um we'll uh oh. i think it's, well it tomorrow tonight? yeah tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow yeah tomorrow tonight as people hear this is like yeah. ah. thinking but um yeah but i mean that'll be that'll be exciting too i mean that you know there's been a lot of cool they've done a lot of cool stuff this season for sure so we'll see if they can make a i mean i've been dying to see though the like mobius you know what mobius and they've been hinting at that too that he's like never really looked in on what his real life was or his previous life was or anything like that jet skis yeah so i mean if we don't see some jet skis i'm gonna be disappointed for sure that's gotta be the ending yeah yeah for sure um all right well cool well we'll be back again hopefully like really soon um to talk about some other stuff and and maybe talk a little bit of loki so uh we will hopefully see you guys soon um in the meantime you can follow me at ben kendrick on pretty much all the socials uh you can check out what i'm doing over at static media we run looper and slash film um my co-host mr rob keys yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rob underscore Keys. That's K-E-Y-E-S. And I'm Failcube on the Instagram. Awesome. And special guest, Kofi Outlaw. Hello. I'm Kofi Outlaw, Severance personality. He is asleep <laughs> right now. He can be followed at, at Kofi Outlaw. Thank you. When does that come back? Severance season two? I'm sure it was in production got shut down. Yeah, it <clears throat> doesn't look like we have a release date for it yet. Um, oh, man, 2024 or even 2025? Ugh. Oh, boy. Man, yeah. what a bummer. That was such a – I hope that doesn't kill that show's momentum. All right, no, well, I don't um, believe in that, man. It's like that's the – we'll have this discussion in the next episode, but the invincible of it all. I had arguments with people on Twitter. People were saying, this show's going to come back and nobody's going to watch it. I'm like, well, wait until you see the trailer. And then people start talking about it. Then everyone's yeah. going to – you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's fair for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be there for more severance whenever it comes out. But uh, all right, well, that'll do, that'll do it. It's a weird tangent to end on. But um, yeah, we'll see you guys again, hopefully, hopefully pretty soon.